I asked the data scientist, like, put, run the numbers, <laughs> right? Do your algorithm, right? Do your ratios, right? And they said the highest propensity of litterers happened to be Coors Light drinkers. I don't know. At least if it was a craft beer, I'd have a little bit more respect. Right. But no, it's Coors Light, Bud Light. It's the light beer drinkers are throwing their cans out. They're throwing their trash. I just don't understand it. Hi, this is Matt Eby, and I'm a big-ass runner from The Dalles, Oregon. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Matt. Stephen, did you know Matt is from The Dalles? Well, yeah, Jeff, you know that's not Dallas, right? Oh, not Dallas. No. Because I'm from Dallas as well. Right, yeah. And not, I mean, contrary to popular belief, not everything is a Texas-centric idea. Are but you sure? Yes. Um, it says here the Dallas is in Oregon, but the northernmost point right before you get into the state of Washington. Wow, look at that. You know what? We provide all kinds of geographical knowledge here. But uh, yeah, Matt, thanks so much for doing the introduction. Matt's a big Oregon Duck fan, and I think he's got some um, some hope. I think they... Uh, they got a good team, I think. They're this year coming up and we're hoping that they play football with full stadiums cheering crowds all that yeah i think i think this year will be, get better anyway so matt thank you so much good luck on cheering and he hits the trails out there pretty hard in oregon and thank you so much for being from oregon and in dallas well welcome to the big s runner i'm jeff harrell and i'm stephen prince Stephen, episode number 32 which you said hey jeff that's the lebron episode well yes <laughs> many of you guys might remember last episode was 31 so we were talking about baskin robbins and i was like oh jeff yeah we should totally do something about michael jordan and lebron and you were like oh that's really nice Stephen." but there's a little problem with that yeah they wear 23 not 32 32 would be the shack episode perhaps right yeah so shack he played for what did he play for los Orla- angeles orlando and the lakers oh that's right yeah. yeah yeah or it could be the magic episode although Stephen, i would say every episode is the magic episode that's true it is it is a magical time and every episode is that um are, do we, are there any other people that we know that uh, were number 32? Well, we have a lot of listeners in Utah. Carl, the mailman Malone, wore 32. Right. And we never mail it in. So we never mail it in. We do mail stuff out. We do. Yeah. We used to. But yes, yeah, so we will continue. We ran out that. of stuff. We ran out of stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll have some more in a little bit. So yeah, Carl, the mailman Malone, was it John Stockton? Was That's that? right. With the tiny shorts. Yes. Yes. He did have some tiny shorts. <laughs> miniature shorts. He was not a trail runner. That's for sure. He no. Did, he did not have the eight inch ones right no he did not <laughs> and we have a lot of listeners Stephen, who like hockey and i looked up the the most famous 32 in hockey uh-huh it's a guy named dale hunter they called him dale headhunter and you know why why because he was first of all he could score a lot of points he had over a thousand points for his career wow but he also had over 3500 career penalty minutes holy cow how many hours is that that's a lot of hours that's was, like 50 hours of, of penalty time he was what they call a goon who could score oh, okay are those, are those the guys that come out there and just like knock somebody over yeah they will come and pick fights and you know check people and stuff like that we could use a goon out in the trails occasionally steven you know that's actually not we used to do that when i ran 
ran cross country, believe it or not. So you run as a you group. Had goons? Well, not exactly, but you would kind of send some people out and to kind of block them. Oh. So it's like drafting. You get your faster runners to go beside them and it's stuff. Like setting a pick. In Pretty basketball. much. Yeah, a running pick. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. We will talk about that a little bit later in the show, actually. Well, hey, Stephen, we have a great show planned. We have, remember last week, we had Bill Luttrell. Yeah. That was such an incredible story, a tale from the trail. We got amazing feedback. Thanks to everyone who reached out and had the encouraging words. Stephen, you sent all those encouraging words to Bill personally. Yeah, and Bill was really thankful. And just so you guys know, too, that thing that was read, Bill actually wrote that. So not only is he an incredible guy, an incredible story, but he's a really good writer, too. He's a too. great writer. He yeah. really is. We have another story this week. It actually falls in what one of our segments we call Why I Run. And this one's really, really, I think, Stephen, inspirational. Yeah, and I think, Jeff, what's really cool is that these are everyday people that we meet. They're not elite athletes in terms of ones that are sponsored. They're just everyday people like you and I. And when you stop to get to know somebody, their story is just so amazing. It's like what's behind the running um, is really cool. And this is a really special one that I think everybody's really going to like. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. And we have a segment, Stephen, we haven't done this since episode eight. It's very controversial. It's very opinionated. You know, we, we love a good controversy. Yes, it's called Don't Be a Dumbass. You have one and I have one as well. We were very fired up about these two issues. Yeah, these are like trail pet peeves that maybe you guys have them or not, but we're going to kind of sound off on a couple of things that we think that uh, maybe people should be aware of. But before we get to that, Stephen, we wanted to talk a little bit about something. You know, one thing we love about the trail running community is they're a very giving community. They give back a lot. And we wanted to talk about a couple of different organizations that we have selected that we're actually giving back to as well. So just so you guys know, when we kind of started the podcast, you know, as Jeff just said, we, we love, you know, the community aspect of it. But also for us being a part of the community, like Jeff said, is actually giving back. And we always said that if we started this thing and if we started to see some momentum, we really thought it'd be good to, to think about how do we not just make it about us or just our listeners, but how do we help make it better for other people? So we decided that if we ever were to to take funds in from like merch or whatever like that, um, which we do a little bit right now, that we would always take a portion of that and give it back to organizations that we love or that we really believe in that are trusted nonprofits, you know, 501c3 organizations, Jeff, that are that are really kind of like what we talk about out there getting it done in their community. And so we decided to, to pick two of them to start off from the very beginning, from day one. And we might add more on later, but these are two that are kind of near and dear to us. The first one, Stephen, is called backonmyfeet.org. Does that help people who have fallen down uh, on the trail and cut themselves up? Yeah, well, that would be me <laughs> a lot. They don't help me get back up or others like me. That fall on the trail. No, Stephen, this is an organization. This is, again, a topic that we both are very passionate about, which is homelessness. Mm -hmm. And back on my feet, they combat homelessness through the power of running, which is awesome, Yep. through community support, and they help people get employment and housing. Yeah. So it's just such a great organization. Yeah. And what we like about them is that they actually have chapters all around the United States. So there's one here in Dallas, Texas. Maybe there's one in Dallas in Oregon, who knows, but they're, they're everywhere. And so if you're looking for a good organization to look at running and also giving back into a local community, that is a great one that, that we really like. A couple of stats, over 7.5 thousand members employed and housed. So they're actually having a huge impact. 
fact, when they place someone in employment, they stay employed 83% of the time, which is awesome. I think that's higher than the average U.S. rate. And they have over 150,000 volunteers and supporters. So it's really a great organization. Yeah, it's great. And we love them. And just so you guys know, anytime that we get any kind of profit, 10% of everything is going to go back to, to these organizations. And the second one, Stephen, is called Bigger Than the Trail. Yeah, Jeff, this is a great organization. Some of you guys have might have seen them before. It's called Bigger Than the Trail. But what they really do, and I, I love this, is they want to create a positive impact on mental health through the awareness of community and support, and also the sport of trail running. And I've heard about them a couple of years ago. And I think we all know that, especially the last couple of years with COVID and lockdowns and things, and just how important mental health is and staying fit mentally. And I know for a lot of us, running really does help with that. 100%. Yeah. And it just gives you an opportunity. But also, there's some people who maybe don't know a lot about running, or maybe they struggle with mental health. What we really love about Bigger Than the Trail is that they are a trusted nonprofit. It's, again, another 501c3. And they, they usually help people people with getting counseling, getting help. Their mission really is just to come alongside of individuals and provide educational support. I think a lot of times, especially in the years past, there was a negative stigmatism to mental health. And yet I think in the last few years, Jeff, it's really been something where people have really realized it's a really, really important part of it. And that's why trail running is such a great thing. So what better marriage between trail running and mental health that that's, this organization really provides? And Stephen, what's their website? Their website is bttt.run. Awesome. Well, we just wanted everyone to know when you do support the show by buying merch or if we ever Stephen ever someday get a sponsor <laughs> or, or make money or right. have a partnership <laughs> that we we pay it for. We want to make sure that right. we're supporting these two organizations. And like you said, we'll look at others as we grow as well. Right. Well, Stephen, with that, let's get episode number. This is the Shack episode, the Carl Malone, the Dale Headhunter episode number 32 on the way. Oh, ho, ho, it's mad. Stephen, one of our most popular segments, and we've done this several times, is called Why I Run. And I think the reason it resonates so well is we all have our reasons that we get out there every day, hit the trails. Maybe sometimes it's not convenient. The weather's not perfect. We don't feel like it necessarily, but there's a why behind it that really motivates us and gets us out there. Yeah. And Jeff, we heard from one listener last week about a little bit about her why she was running. And so she and I corresponded um, over email a little bit. And in talking to her, she just had a really amazing story that we just felt that would be really beneficial to, to our listeners. And she was really excited about being, just being open and vulnerable to sharing it. So many times we run and we see people. And of course, we're out there to have fun and to challenge ourselves and all those ancillary benefits. But you just never know, kind of like last week, you never know who's crossing the finish line and, and why they're doing that. So without further ado, Stephen, here is Rose O'Neill's Why I Run. I was in an abusive relationship for many years. I started out running to really save myself because I didn't know what else to do. I was very overweight, so actually it was walking. And then I got healthy and I started running. And so running literally saved my life. It gave me the strength to leave because I don't think, well, I know I probably wouldn't have left without it because I just wasn't a strong enough individual. I didn't 
have the confidence within myself to take my children and, and go. And so it gave me, to start off, it, it got me in shape and it got my mind in shape, which was the foremost important thing. And so I was able to take my children and, and just leave. I just kind of left everything and grabbed my kids and we left and started over. We were followed by my ex and uh, he was not a nice man. And so there was a lot of police involved and stuff. Um, and running was the one thing that kept me sane um, during that whole time. Um, and I kept running longer and longer and longer distances because that's how I was coping. And so I started off like not being able to run a kilometer to being able to run in between towns where I lived, which was, I, I used to live in Tumblr Ridge and I would run to Dauphin Creek, which was an hour and 15 minute drive away. And, and so I was doing these, like over these hundred kilometer runs. You went from one kilometer to a hundred. That's, that's, that's amazing. And I was doing um, mountain marathons. Like the first year I did a mountain marathon, which got me really hooked because it's a challenge. I came in dead last and they were actually, the sweepers were coming along and saying, do you want to ride? And I was like, hell yes, I want to ride. <laughs> I'm so done, but I can see the finish line. So no, right. I'm, uh, I'm so close. Like you're not, I, I'm just not, I'm too stubborn, right? right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the, the sweepers were, um, were, you know, they were sweeping the course for the last straggler and I was it. I was dead last and they were, they were wanting to go home because, you know, right. it was four hours and you know, 30 minutes, it was, they were like, come on. But I was like, no, <laughs> I'm, I, that quad was so camping to get on because it was a mountain marathon. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. I went up the mountain. I, I kind of rolled down the other side. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Most of it on my face because I was so tired, but I was determined. And I crossed the finish line and I got a medal for it. That is the proudest, one of the proudest races of my life. Even though I came in dead at last. The next year I did it, I took an hour off my time. Wow. That's the a next year I did it, I took another hour off my time. The next year I did it, I, I did it in two hours and 15 minutes. So in that that, um, fir that first run that you were doing where the the sweepers were coming, if, if I could ask you, like, what was the motivation to keep going? Like, what was the the driving force for, for you? When, when I was doing it, I had people telling me that I couldn't do it because I was too fat. If I'm going to be brutally honest, mm -hmm. I was, I was overweight. I was using food to stuff myself because of the abuse I had with my ex at home. And so he was telling me I was worthless, but I was starting to get stronger mm -hmm. in my mind. And I was not going to let anyone, even myself, say that I could not do this. And I would be damned if I was going to let a mountain beat me, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean it's it not in me. Like, once I've got something, a goal in mind, that's it. I'm I'm just focused on it. But I, I couldn't walk for, I, the blisters on my feet, oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't have the proper shoes. I didn't know anything about proper footwear. You know, like, I didn't know anything. I was just like, well, I've been walking. I should be able to do this. I was completely clueless. Like, I had no friends because I'd been so isolated from, like, the abuse and everything. It was 
kind of a classic case. So I, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know anything about running groups or anything. I just was doing everything on my own. And so I had the wrong shoes. I had the wrong socks. I had the wrong everything, but I had the right attitude, you know, and that attitude carries you through. I think you're, you're totally right. And I think I love what you just said, too, that it's like you have to be strong in your mind first before you can get strong yeah. physically. And I yeah. think that's one thing, I don't know about you, but that's the one thing I think running does for you, <laughs> or at least it forces you into that conversation with yourself in your head. You have to be honest. So you finish that first one barely, as you said, and I'm curious mm-hmm. to know, because a lot of people I think have that kind of experience. It's really difficult, but they but they finish. And I'm sure the feeling as you cross is one of relief. You did it, accomplishment. And sometimes that's the last race anyone runs because it was so hard. I'm curious to know, why did you say, you know what, I'm doing this again. I want to do it again next year and I want to beat my time. What was it about that experience that made you go that direction? Oh, because I knew I could do better. I was absolutely disappointed. Not that I was the last person because I was so proud of myself and I wouldn't take that away from myself, but I knew I could do better. I mean, I did all that while I was smoking. I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, stop smoking you're going to get faster if you stop smoking you're going to start eating properly like I completely after that race I completely changed my whole lifestyle around I immediately stopped smoking that was it I threw them out I started eating healthy I'm like that's enough because I was that it just galvanized me that much to that's it I'm done this is for me I'm I realized that I think Sometimes when we feel that no one understands and no one really understands what compels us to move forward when we have a situation like that, because I really didn't have anybody. And and sometimes you feel like, you know, life is kind of breaking you down. You have to look for those points of light. And that was a point of light for me. Um, Every morning we have choices when we wake up. We can choose to look at the positives of our life or we can choose to remain in the negative of whatever that may be. I have always tended, no matter what has happened to me, to be a very positive person. You know, it's up to me to make my dreams a reality. What others have said about me or expect of me is not of my concern. And I realized that at that time. Um, So I realized that the abuse and everything that I'd gone through, I had to put that aside and say that that was not my fault. I had to come to that realization that I didn't deserve that. That wasn't my fault. And that was that point in time at at that race. As soon as I stepped across that line, it had nothing to do with the medal. But as soon as I stepped foot across that race, I started to believe in me. And I started to realize that I cannot allow anyone else's limited perceptions to define who I am. And that as long as I stay strong, eventually the right people will come into my life and will support me and be there for me. I'm, I'm not talking romantically or anything like that. I'm just talking like the right people will be there at the right time. And I just had to believe that. Um, and so I started just having an internal strength. And the gift that running has given me has been an internal fortitude that I can't even explain that has carried me through so much. It's amazing because, I mean, when it comes down to it, success is having the discipline to do what you know you should do even when you don't feel like it. You know, it's it's that training. It's that getting up. It's that doing what you have. It's not using excuses. I don't know if you know what CRPS is. It's complex regional pain syndrome. So I have that, which is pain all over your body. Doctors can't do anything about it. I have PTSD from what I went through. I have chronic fatigue. I have chronic pain pain. I have fibromyalgia. I have extreme neurological conditions from my back 
my emergency surgery for my leg. And then, of course, two years ago, I had my lower leg amputation. So I have all of this going on. It's not an excuse for me to stop. It's a reason for me to keep going. You easily could have said all this stuff is happening to me. Obviously, it was, but you could have. You, you kind of had two choices. It sounded like to to either you can you can let it. You can't deny it, and you could let it affect yeah. you, or you could say, "Well, I'm. I can choose my attitude each day about each of these situations." Man, what a powerful thing to to have to hold up each day to, to face those circumstances. Well, you know, I think optimism through pain. It comes down to that pivotal moment in life. We all have highs and lows and it doesn't make life easy. It makes life easier. Our job is, I think, is to just keep going and to push through. And all I ever wanted in life was once I found running was was to run and to run in the mountains. And all the advice I can give is to, to climb that hill and just to be hungry for it and keep looking forward and just keep climbing that hill because when life hurts you and you're down to that one moment, it comes down to do you have the ability to accept to accept what you don't understand because a lot of times you're in these situations and you don't understand what's going on. Like when I had my emergency back surgery and a a lot of the, like the surgery was due to the years of abuse I sustained. It was, you know, it wasn't a nice relationship. So I ended up having surgery. Um, When the surgery was done, I had the nerve bundle in my back neck and there was damage cause. So it caused severe nerve damage down my right leg. When I when I got out of my surgery and, and I woke up and the doctors evaluated everything because of the neurological and nerve issues that I have, the doctors told me I'd never walk again. I honestly took one day to grieve because it was a, it was a shock. And and then I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm done grieving. We're going to get moving forward now. And then I said, "No, you're wrong. I'm going to walk." And he was like, "You know, no, you, you really, you're not. And you need to come to terms with that. And I, I told my doctor, I said, no, I think you have to come to terms with the fact that I am going to walk and I'm going to walk out of here. And I was in the hospital for months and months trying to relearn how to walk. I think they were happy to see me go because I was arranging wheelchair races. I was on, <laughs> I was, I was, I was stuck in with the, with the elderly group because of the type of surgery I had. And I was needed specific specialized care, and so I was arranging wheelchair races with the um, the elderly folks. We were racing around the nursing station, and the prize was my daily dessert. So whoever won, did you get my dessert? Did you did you win a lot, or I mean, how, how much how much oh, chocolate I pudding? Them, I, well, I let them win. I just didn't like the dessert. So I mean, but it was to get them moving too, right? And right. they were starting to laugh, and they were starting to smile again. It was great. Yeah, Rose, you sound like a true trail runner. You know, getting getting the community involved, <laughs> creating competition, oh. snacks, snacks. Yeah, right. aid station, the 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 berry dessert aid station. Right, exactly. And you don't sound competitive at all. No, so not, not, not at all. Not, not at all. I, I would never. No, no. <laughs> I firmly believe, and people just shake their heads, like you know, it could always be worse. You know, like I got out of the hospital, and then I got a wound on my foot on my right leg and because of the nerve damage it wouldn't heal and it abscessed and it got worse and it got worse and for four years I had multiple surgeries on my foot and I wasn't able to walk again put any pressure on my foot because we were trying to heal it 
And then I was in and out of the hospital with fluid IVs and antibiotics and infections. And, and it got to the point where trying not to be gross or graphic, but I mean, my reality was that for two years, it was really open to the bone. And I had nurses coming for the last two years before my like surgery kind of off, you know, well, what a year and a half, they were coming up to the house and they were changing dressings daily to try and keep the wound so that I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose my, my leg and my foot. And it, I ended up with four staph infections and bone infections and it was time. And when, when my amputation came, I, I, I was ready for it, but there, there were some people that, that I didn't tell, I couldn't come to bring myself. Like I, I just, because I think I accepted it, but I wasn't sure how my loved ones accepted and then I had to relearn to walk again I mean I'm getting really good at this I don't want to keep doing it third time's you. a charm right yeah uh, you know I'm like a pro you know anyone needs less <laughs> but I mean it, it really comes down to your perspective and I think you never uh, never allow life to make you forget why you're hungry for your goals in the first place and when you hit the wall and it hits your level of commitment or you have to hit that just go that much harder and I think that's what I've always done mm. you know and, and positivity you have that power of choice mm. you know you have the self-love and the self-acceptance and you just you have to live a life with purpose you are so much greater than than your circumstances mm. you know if i let my legs stop me i'd be just sitting in a wheelchair or, or you know not being a productive person but i'm i have the ability to, to motivate people and i'm so grateful for that I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you guys and just get the word out that just because I'm missing a leg doesn't mean I can't do these things. It doesn't mean I can't get out there and just get out there and just be myself and move and, and get other people moving. I think it's such an important thing that people have that movement of their body. It allows, it just allows happiness in their life. There's too much sadness in the world. The big difference between, you know, average people and achieving people is their perception and the response to failure. Stephen, we'll be back with the conclusion of our conversation with Rose O'Neill in just a moment. Before we did that, we want to tell people about a couple of things. We just want to say thank you to all the listeners. When Jeff and I started this out, we really didn't know if it would grow or not. And we're just humbled to see that some of it's it's really growing and, and people are taking a part of the, not only just the podcast, but really uh, the Big Ass Runner Herd. And so as we're growing, we're trying new things and so we we actually jeff just launched a, a new website what i know can you believe it's that exciting i mean there's not a ton on there yet but it is it is one good it's place a start it's a start right just like everything else we're going to start out slow so there's a place there you can find out more about jeff and i how we got started in this connections into social media our strava group um even jeff we we even had merch on there at one point in time we did <laughs> we had some merch that sold out which much to our surprise there right. are stickers left that we yeah, if you like stickers, we, we, they're not scratch and stiff, but we've got plenty of stickers. Scratch and stiff? <laughs> scratch and sniff. Okay. Yes. <laughs> hey, pro tip on the stickers. Uh, what? Buy some stickers, uh -huh. put them on your coffee mug, you have a big ass runner coffee mug. That's true. It's fantastic. What, what a pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also information too. So we also mentioned earlier in the podcast about the, the two nonprofits that we're supporting. So if you'd like to know more about them, the show, how to get connected, perhaps you even have some information on segment ideas or things like that, that's a great source to do that. And you can simply look at BigAssRunner.com and find our new website. So Stephen, with that, here's the conclusion of our conversation with Rose O'Neill.
I'm curious, Rose, I'm sure there were times, because you went, you've gone through a lot, as you just described. I'm sure there were times you felt like a victim, but, but something inside you that, that switch flipped from being victim to being a victor. What advice would you have for people who are feeling that way? And and how do you flip that switch? You've talked a little bit about it, but I just, is there any advice you have for people to, to help them through that? You have to be really honest with yourself. And you have to look at what you want and where you want to go. I mean, it doesn't have to do with running. You know, it has to do with what you internally uh, value yourself and that pivotal moment and whether you grab that pivotal moment and realize that you're having one. For me, as soon as I stepped foot over that finish line, even though I was last, I was so proud to be last because, I mean, I started that journey. I started that journey on my own with no support from anyone. Once you put importance into something else, Things come to you and, and it pulls you out of yourself and you start seeing that what you give, you receive 20 times back as long as you try, you know, and that's the thing. You try. I think as long as you start to step out of yourself, when you have that moment, you know, it doesn't have to be a big pivotal moment like it was with me. It could be a small moment, but you need to be cognitive enough to realize that that's your time. And, and I think that's important because people disconnect from themselves. You know, we've, we've got our faces in our phones or on our computers or in our laptops or, you know, we don't connect with our families so much anymore. And, and that human uh, communication is lost within each other, right? I think when you have a group of runners, and like I said, like I find runners are just so supportive. When you have a group of people that are so supportive around you like that, you cannot lose change your perspective, you change your life. I could be angry about things that happened. I could be angry about the abuse that started my back injury that led to my ultimate amputate. I could be angry, but I'm only hurting me. And I refuse to do that. I refuse to let somebody else's behavior affect me in such a way that I cannot have a happy life. I'm not going to carry that. That's not for me to carry. It's affected me. But you know what? I'm looking at the silver lining. I'm looking at that light at the end of the tunnel. And that light at the end of the tunnel is not a train barreling down on me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a light that I can see my way out of, right? So, you know, perspective is huge. We, We just need to stop and focus and find that focus of what what we're looking for in life and, and make that commitment to yourself. Rose, I'm curious to know what your training looks like now. I tend to go a little hardcore. It's really all or nothing for me. That surprises me. That is I'm, shocking. I'm on the floor shocked at that, at that comment, actually. <laughs> I, you know, I tried to tell you a little, I tried to break it to you gently. I didn't want to, you know, shock you too much, but I know I have an issue of all or, or nothing when, so I will push myself and, and push myself and push myself. I've learned how to listen to my body, but I, I still kind of tend to get myself in trouble when, <laughs> when I don't have my leg on because I live on a farm and uh, I took my wheelchair outside because, you know, there's snow. Right. And under the snow, surprisingly, there's ice. <laughs> and so... I went to I went to do some kilometers in my wheelchair because you know what else do you do? Right, exactly. And well, we the driveway's got a hill. What the wonderful thing is, and you guys don't need to try this because I've done it for you, and I know you don't have lots of snow there. But um, the wheelchair will turn into a luge. Oh yeah, you're on a downhill. <laughs> 
And and when you land in the snow and your wheelchair keeps going down the driveway, see, I've been there, done that. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, I get my exercise other ways. Like, I'm very inventive. <laughs> Not always the smartest thing, but I try. Well, next time you attempt that, we we will we'll send you a GoPro, and we would love to oh, see yeah. some Let's get some video, some, of that some footage of that going down. So the uh, the new luge style up there in Canada. So. Oh. Yeah. How much can I hurt myself? I've already lost half a leg. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Learning to walk a fourth time is is now a hobby for you, That's right? right. So, Been there, done that. Right. You, know? right. Uh, you got to laugh in life. I, I really, I, I love life. I enjoy life. I laugh at myself a lot, as you can probably tell. You know, life is beautiful. Right. Life is really, truly beautiful now. And I just keep pushing. I'm, you know, I am going to, it's not, you know, if, but I am going to run again and I am going to race my mountains again. There's no if it's happening. It will be when it happens because I have such determination and drive that it will happen. No, I, I love that. I love what you what you wrote too when you and I were talking about like you refuse to be uh, using the word former describing yeah. your goals and aspirations as a yeah. mountain runner and as a trail runner and yeah. stuff. And I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. A lot of people when they look at me now, a lot of people just assume that well I can't do anything, you know, and that and it's like oh you've just made the biggest mistake of your life, but they automatically make the assumption that, well, you can't run, you can't do this. I'm fragile, which really isn't true. Well, clear, and, clearly not. If you're if you're throwing yourself down an icy hill <laughs> tethered to a wheelchair, I, <laughs> no. I don't think fragility would be something that uh, they would no, put in the dictionary next, no. to, next to Rose. I just want other people to see, like, not so much for able body, but I want other athletes that are maybe questioning that may be overweight or maybe have a difference or or something that's going on with them either physically or or even mentally and they're struggling and they think I can't do this. Yes, you can. You need to change your thought pattern. Yes, you can. You can do it. And and that's what I want people to when they see me and they look at me, I want them to go, you know what this crazy woman is doing it, so why can't I? I want people to hopefully when they look at me and learn a little bit about my story, they go, yeah, you know what? She's right. It's, it's an attitude. It's not even looking at me. It's just if I can get one person to just look at their attitude and go, you know, I just need to be kinder to myself and believe in myself. That's what it comes down to. It's the power of, you know, like that self-acceptance and the self-love and just believing in yourself. By doing that, you will have people that will gravitate to you that believe in you as well. And the people that don't believe in you, you're going to shed because they can't handle that, right? Yeah, that's that's so good because when people tell you you can't, it's not up to them to define who you are. Like I said, I, I wake up every morning, I make a conscious decision to have a good day, to have a positive day. It's not always easy because some days, as you know, are going to be rougher than others. But in, it's perspective. And I think I have that long-distance runner determination and focus and that truly, truly helped. What what advice would you give somebody, so any trail runner who, let's say they're in the middle of running a race, or maybe they're listening right now, and they're on a long training run, a lot of people listen to us while they run. When, yeah. when somebody gets to the point of, 
thinking they can't or battling thoughts or their bodies telling them to stop. You've overcome a lot. So what advice would you give to people when they're in the moment to help either combat that or to help them overcome a moment? Dig deeper. Absolutely dig deeper. Be hungrier for that mountain and climb it. You own it. Don't let it own you. You are the owner of your choices and the outcomes are what you make them. You have to fight for what you want. If you want it that bad, you're going to fight for it. You'll be hungry enough for it. You'll climb that mountain. It doesn't matter if you have to slow down to a walk to do it, but you'll get it done. doesn't matter how you get it done. You just get it done. You just don't give up. You well, keep moving forward. I think one thing I think is really cool that you said, and I, I think this is awesome, is that you know, on that day when you were running that race and you wanted to get off that mountain and the sweepers were coming, your finish line was really in some ways your starting line. It, it really was. Much as you wanted to be done with that race and and to, to go again, I think having that defining moment for you, I'm, I'm sure there were others, obviously, but um, having that, that finish line to be a new start for you is pretty amazing. So Thank you uh, so much for sharing your story with us and the listeners. And and Rose, if somebody wants to learn more about you, what's a good, what's a good way for them to connect with you? Would that be through Instagram or what's the best way? Yeah, Instagram is, is where I'm most visible on. That would be the, the best way they can DM me. I, I reach back to everybody that contacts me and anyone's more than welcome to reach out. I encourage anybody who's struggling with anything, if you need just a friendly shoulder. I'm there. No, that's awesome. And for, for our listeners, if they want to reach out and, and learn more, we'll post it on social media. But Rose is on Instagram at run rose run 11 one one on Instagram. And she's an amazing follow. And obviously, our, her story is inspirational. And Rose, we just want to say thank you so much for for sharing that and, and really coming on and, and, and telling your story. Well, I want to say thank you for um, allowing me to tell my story and, and having a few good chuckles with you guys. And <laughs> you guys will have to try some Bob said sled luging yeah. one of these times. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> you, thank you very much. Yeah, you guys have a great night. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Well, Stephen, such a powerful story, such a powerful why I run. And the thing that just continues to blow me away about Rose is she's had lots of tough, really setbacks in her life, but she didn't look at herself as a victim. She really looked at herself as a victor. Yeah. I mean, she had every excuse in the book to give up. And I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me is that she just said, you're greater than your circumstances. And I think that is so important. And for her to have that mindset through all the trials she has is just amazing. Well, I hope you took away a few nuggets of inspiration from Rose. I know I did. And Stephen, with that, that is Rose O'Neill's Why I Run. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there. And Stephen, today we've got someone from the great state of Texas. Yeah, we actually have Corey Boney. He is from Texas, as you just mentioned, and we actually met him at the Bandera Trail Race. At Bandera, yeah. He's a great follow. He's also part of the, the Run Rabbit running group, I believe. What is that, Stephen? I think it's one of those companies where you buy their socks and then you, you wait overnight and then you get 20 pair in the morning, I think. So oh, my they, goodness. They just 
kind of multiplies. What a, what a deal. It's a give back program they have. It's awesome. No, Run Rabbit's a great running company out there. We've met Corey a little bit over Instagram and he's just out there just killing it. Um, he's done a couple ultra runs. We just got to know him and just, you know, he's just doing an amazing job out there. And Steven, here's why I wanted to give Corey a shout out. Why? I'm on a couple of different ultra running Facebook groups. Uh huh. And every month or so, these groups ask, someone will ask, hey, what are some good running podcasts? And I just eagerly await. <laughs> You're pouncing, ready I'm to go. Ready, I don't say anything, so I don't feel like it. I just don't want to be that promotional right. on there. I think that's actually part of the rules of engagement. Right. But I watch. Uh-huh. And I go, man, is someone going to mention the big-ass <laughs> runner? And no one ever does until... Last week, Corey mentioned The Big Ass Runner and said, if you want a good laugh, listen to The Big Ass Runner. So thank you, Corey. You broke our winless streak on some of these Facebook ultra running pages. Well, thanks so much, Corey. We appreciate it. Way to go and keep crushing it out there on the trails. Way to go, Corey. So Jeff, if somebody wanted to give a shout out and kudos, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, that'd be cool, Steven. If someone out there said, hey, there's someone I know, maybe in my running club, maybe they listen to the Big Ass Runner, maybe they don't, Yeah. but you'd want to give a kudo, you can reach out to us. The best way to do, there's two ways. Okay. One, you could email me at jeff at bigassrunner.com mm-hmm. or just go to bigassrunner.com website. There's a contact us form. We would love to get a shout out to someone you know that's out there just making it happen. Well, Stephen, a segment that we have not done in quite a while. In fact, if I look back at my notes, it says <laughs> that we did this back on episode three and episode eight. It's a little segment, Stephen, we call Don't Be a Dumbass. Yeah. So, Jeff, this segment we wanted to bring back because, you know, there's certain protocols or just unspoken things that as a trail runner and maybe some of our newer trail runners don't know about. But we just feel like maybe it's our duty to kind of just reinforce some of those unspoken things that we see from time to time. And so for you and I, Jeff, once we get to critical mass, we're like, okay, we can't handle it anymore. We're about to blow our minds. (laughs) Yes, it's like Mount Vesuvius. We thought, you know what, we just need to get it off our shoulders and and talk about it. And I will say, Stephen, this is not don't be a dumbass back to our other trail runners. It's usually don't be a dumbass to the peripheral people we come in contact with wild trail run right nobody that would listen to this show or nobody that we would know remotely it falls into this category right it'd be somebody in, in a completely different area that's right well the first one steven is one i'm going to talk about yeah and let me ask you this question steven is there a like like with the toilet paper last year right. is there a huge crisis <laughs> a huge shortage of trash cans you know, I I haven't really thought about that a whole lot, Jeff, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't say that there is. I, I haven't seen any news articles on CNN or anything like that, no. I asked a data scientist. They said there tends to be trash cans everywhere. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but they said gas stations have them. Right. A lot of times there'll be trash cans at fast food restaurants. Yeah. Even when you stop at a light, there's usually a trash can That's right true. there. Right. There seems to be trash cans everywhere. Right. And here's why I'm confused. What's what's so confusing about the trash cans? As we said many times in the show, we like to run the squircle. It's a square circle right. around Irwin Park. And so when it rains, we'll run the squircle. And it's this really pretty gravel road with trees uh-huh. and you know and shrubbery <laughs> and wildlife. <laughs> Lots of shrubbery. And Clydesdales. <laughs> 
And actually, there's a couple of donkeys that the, you can see on the Squirkle. Our mascots are out there waiting for us. So it's really pretty. It's you know, It gives you just a sense of calm mm-hmm. and rest. Right. And so we're running along and oh, we're just enjoying the Squirkle. Yeah. And you look down and you see beer cans. What? And you see Twinkie wrappers. And you see, I mean, just all this trash. And I'm like... What the flip? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is a beautiful area, beautiful road. Is there a shortage of trash can? Why do you feel compelled to take your trash and throw it out of your vehicle onto this? I just don't, I don't get it. Right. You know, it's funny. Now that you say that, Jeff, I think there actually is a trash can on the Squirkle, too. I think there is. Yeah. So they just sit there and they're eating their their ho-ho or their their ding-dong or their chocodile. And they just they just say, you know what? This is a great spot on mile three. I'm just going to dump my trash right here. It's drivers that are throwing it out of their trucks or cars. And it tends to be, for some reason, Coors Light drinkers. Because that tends to be the heavy... I asked the data scientists, like, put run the numbers... <laughs> Right. Do your algorithm. Right. Do your ratios. Right. And they said the highest propensity of litterers happen to be Coors Light drinkers. I don't know. At least if it was a craft beer, I'd have a little bit more respect. Right. But no, it's Coors Light, Bud Light. It's the light beer drinkers are throwing their cans out. They're throwing their trash. I just don't understand it. Maybe we should contact those those two companies and just say maybe they could put something on the cans, you know, like <laughs> I'm uh, sure that would help. Yeah, please please do not throw your crap on our trails. Dispose of properly. Right, exactly. Which means not on the on the ground <laughs> or the road or the pretty areas that we're trying to run on. In a freaking trash can, okay, people? Yeah. You know, all kidding aside, it really is annoying. I mean, just to think about, you're trying to run. You Most of us go to escape, right, Jeff? And we're trying to enjoy it. And to see trash, it's like, you don't you don't need to do that. You can go into a, a minivan and see trash. <laughs> you can go a lot of places and see trash. You can go trash. a lot of places and see trash. You just don't want to see it on the trails, you know? I just don't understand the mindset. Like, I've got to get rid of this trash in my car. i got to get it out the window pronto. It right doesn't now. make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, if you're one of those people that you have friends <laughs> that maybe do that, if you could just help us. And what, what's the phrase, Jeff, when you go hiking, like, leave no trace isn't that right that's right yeah leave it better than you found it yeah exactly so if you if you have it pack it in pack it out if you run with it you know a lot of those goos and and gels and stuff they have the tear thing yeah and then they have like a little leash thing on there so when you you tear it off it doesn't the whole thing doesn't come off so you can you can do your goo thing and then just stick it back in your pocket you know so you know i think i think it's the least people could do again these are not trail runner these are these are passerbys on the squircle drinking their life first of all wait a minute what are you drinking beer in a car or a truck isn't that illegal anyway i don't know highly don't, illegal don't get me started i just don't <laughs> understand why people litter it just drives me crazy they have a saying in texas don't mess with texas it's our litter right come on right don't be a dumbass exactly hi i'm woodsy owl in order to try and stop pollution we need more help so help woodsy spread the word come on never be a dirty bird no matter where you go you can let some people know to give a hoot, don't pollute, never be a dirty bird, in the city or in the woods, help keep America looking good. 
Well, what about you, Stephen? I think you've got one too that's under your proverbial crawl. It it is. Yeah, this is this is like having a rock in your speed goat and you're running and you keep on running and you're, you're just feeling it and finally you're like, that's it. I had it. I'm gonna stop and just take it out. Well, this is this is the one for me. So Jeff, I don't know if this is the case everywhere, but in Texas and especially where we run, they have signs that say usually mountain biking or biking one direction and then the other one direction says hiking. Now, I, I'm going to take a little offense to hiking because, I mean, we're, we're not hikers. I know it rhymes bike and hike, <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. Whatever. I've gotten over that issue. But what I have not gotten over, Jeff, is when there's clear signs at every major entrance. It's not like people are just jumping out of a van and just starting in the middle of the trail. And they clearly say, you go one direction if you're doing this activity, another direction if you're going the other activity. And sure enough, Jeff, we're out running. It doesn't matter what trail we're on. It doesn't matter. I mean, we, we run on several all around. And people are consistently going the wrong way. All the time. Yeah. Like, how hard is it? There's arrows. They're not big words. You know, hike and bike. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty pun- obvious. Probably some of the simplest ones. They even rhyme. I mean, and you either are doing one of the activity. So it's not hard. Like, either you're using your feet or you're using your wheels. It doesn't really matter. And if you're not using your wheels, go in that direction. There's not like a big thing they have to run down and go, what activity should this be? And yet, clearly enough, you see people running and here's the kicker so even when they see somebody like you and i'll be running the right way and we'll see a group of people going the wrong way they just wave and keep on <laughs> hey going. look at these guys going the wrong. they think we're going the wrong way right but then when they pass another group of people another group of people you would think in their darling little heads that they would figure out something and go i'm going the wrong way or maybe when they are about to die four or five times from mountain bikers run over they would think just like when you're on the road, you go against traffic. And it's it's just so simple. I mean, there's signs, there's four-letter words, not the ones I want to say, like hike and bike, and just obey the sign and go the right direction. Here's the problem you have, Stephen. What? Is you're assuming people have common sense. Well, yes. And that is just is not always <laughs> the case. What was that that Mark Twain said that common sense isn't all that common? Isn't so common, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like I just need to either draw some diagrams or if you if you just can't understand the concept, you know, maybe stick to the roads or something, but then that's even more dangerous. So I don't know, Jeff. I mean, it just bothers me. I'm a rule follower. It's kind of like we said before, if their trails are closed, it means closed means closed. So I don't know. I just think it's like, just follow the directions. It's for everybody's safety. It keeps things organized. You can still run, have a good time. Just go the right direction. Now, Stephen, we early on would tell people, hey, did you guys know you're, you're hiking? It's usually hikers. Let's be honest. It's that's, usually hikers. That's true. I didn't want to call them out, but yes, it, it is it is the hikers. It's usually hikers. And we would say, hey, do you realize you're going the wrong direction? And what would they do, Stephen? They would smile and keep on going. And sometimes wave. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so thanks for the little t- tip. Yeah. And just keep on going. Right. So, and, and even, and it says hiking. So it's like, it identified what they're doing. Uh, it's frustrating. If you see a sign, just obey it and don't be a dumbass. Hey, what's going on? Some joker wants to race. Don't race. That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down. You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way. What? You're going the wrong way! He 
says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> well, with that, whether you're out there driving around with your Coors Light, just throw it in a trash can. And if you're hiking out there, just follow the sign, Stephen. It just doesn't seem that hard. Right. Well, keep the trails clean, follow the directions, and just make it enjoyable for everybody else. That's right. Well, Stephen, with that, that is our segment called Don't Be a Dumbass. If I should call you up, invest a dime. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, episode number 32, known as the Magic Johnson Shaquille O'Neal Dale Headhunter episode is <laughs> over. I can't believe it. I know. It just seemed like it was our Baskin Robbins episode, and now we're already at 32. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. What a great Why We Run from Rose. Thank you, Rose, so much for uh, just being open and honest and, and sharing your story with us. And thanks to the Big Ass Runner listeners for letting us get some Don't Be a Dumbass stuff off of our chest. We feel so much better, Stephen. I mean, it's like therapy. I just it really I is. feel so much better now. And you know what? Next time I see a person, I'll just gently wave. We'll be more loving. Yeah, exactly. And, and positive like Rose. Yes, exactly. Rose wouldn't yell at him. She would encourage him. Right. That's what we need to do. Don't let our circumstances define us, Jeff. There we go. <laughs> That's, That's exactly good, Stephen. Right. One thing, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, if you'd like to give a shout out and kudo to someone you know, please let us know. Jeff at BigAssRunner.com or our website, BigAssRunner.com. Contact us. Yeah, and I know that a lot of races are opening back up. We saw a whole bunch from this past weekend, and that's so fun to see. Congratulations to all you guys are doing that. And and we truly want to know. We want to give you some love on social media. So if you know somebody who ran, if you yourself ran, maybe you got a PR, maybe you're you're getting amped up for the weekend for a race, let us know. Hit us up on social media, email us. We'll give you a shout out and kudo. Jeff and I very much are interested in those races and, and want to cheer you on. So thank you guys so much and let us know. And Stephen has a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode. We're going to talk about some of those races, some of those fun little 5 and 10Ks that people may be signing up for right now. That's true. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it and we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a longer one, but maybe for those longer runs, you've got something to listen to. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Until then, get out there, enjoy those trails. And keep running your asses off. Good morning, everyone. Nope. Matt Eby, and I'm a big ass trail. Nope. Still can't. Oh, it says here the Dalles is in Washington. Ooh, no, it's not. It's, it's near not. Washington. <laughs> well, sort of. It says here the Dalles is from. <laughs> oh, I hope that doesn't make. I hope that doesn't make the blooper real, it's, Jeff. It's going to Jeff. <laughs> Matt's a big oradic. <laughs> yeah, they wear thirty-two. They don't help me get up back back. Negative stigmatism. I think there was a negative stigmatism. Stephen, we'll be back with our. Stephen, we'll be back with the conclusion of our conversation with Roy. Stephen, we'll be back with a con- with Roy <laughs> with Rogers. Yeah, get up. Stephen, we'll be back with our conversation. 
And I think one of the biggest things that stuck out, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me is what she said is just, you're, you're greater than, than your, I think one of the biggest things that stuck, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's a little segment. And it's a, I was gonna call you Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. 